Welcome back to One Conversation Podcast, where one conversation can change your life. My name is JC, and here with me for today's episode is Miguel and Lisa. So some of you may already know this, but October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So of course, for today, we are going to be spending some time discussing domestic violence and the types of abuse that occur in DV relationships. We definitely know that it can look different depending on the domestic violence dynamic and relationship. So please keep in mind that some of the content we will discuss today might be a little triggering for some. So please make sure to take care of yourself. And of course, join us at the very end of this episode to practice some of that self-care we incorporate. We will also be providing some resources for anyone out there who might need more information or assistance in regards to this episode. Yes, and before we get started discussing the types of abuse that happen in these relationships and what that can really look like, it's really important to make the disclaimer that domestic violence can happen regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, or length of the relationship. Essentially, uh, no one is really immune to this issue. And also, perpetrators of domestic violence are not just limited to men. I know that's a pretty common way that our society really frames this issue, that it's male perpetrated, female victimized. Uh, But women or individuals who identify other than male can also be perpetrators of domestic violence as well. And so to share out a few statistics to start. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this equates to more than 10 million men and women. So yes, this is definitely important, um, you know, just knowing first and foremost, we have a month kind of uh, related to this issue to speak awareness and spread awareness about this issue, but that's a really disheartening statistic. And another statistic that we know is that one in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner contact sexual violence, and or intimate partner stalking with certain impact such as injury, fearfulness, post-traumatic stress disorder, use of victim services, or contraction of sexually transmitted diseases. And so that is just here within the United States. And again, these are really, really disheartening numbers to kind of hear about. But globally, we know that an estimated 736 million women almost one in three women have been subjected to intimate partner violence, non-partner sexual violence, or both at least one time in their life. So that is about 30% of women aged 15 and older globally. Before we start breaking down the types of abuse, it is important to mention the motivation or why someone abuses their partner. The motivation for domestic violence is the desire for power and control over a partner's personal life. We also know that the domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors and abuse in order to maintain the power and control. So that is so important to keep in mind moving forward uh, because not only is the motivation for a perpetrator, but a survivor having their power and control taken away from them could be a huge reason why they don't feel able to seek support or help for what's going on because they don't feel like they are in control of the situation. So just, you know, taking that power and control over somebody else can really be a barrier to for them to seek out help just because they don't have that, you know, self-autonomy. Even just going out to the store is a lot for them because they have been taking that power and control and the other per- the perpetrator has t- taken that from them. So that can be a huge barrier when seeking out help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
And we definitely know that when it comes to domestic violence, it's not as easy as just the victim picking up their items and leaving, right? And starting a new life. Yeah. Um, it is so complex when it comes to domestic violence and they have so many barriers that are in place. And that's why we discourage people to ask this very common question, you know, why do they stay in that relationship? Because it really kind of puts that victim blaming into place, right? And making the victim feel like they are to blame um, for staying in an abusive relationship. But we'll definitely be discussing that in another episode um, about why survivors may stay or have trouble leaving an abusive partner. And I think this is something that anyone can really benefit from, right? Because we all know someone who is experiencing domestic violence, right? Either, you know, personally or professionally and it's so important to know you know what to say or how to understand you know the complexities behind domestic violence you will never understand the victim but understand why it may be so difficult for someone to leave but with that being said let's just go ahead and jump into discussing the types of abuse that happen in domestic violence relationships and we are going to start with the most commonly known one which is physical abuse and so physical abuse can manifest in many ways, but to give a simple explanation, physical abuse is causing any type of physical harm to your partner with intention of doing so. So some examples of that um, is, you know, pulling someone's hair or punching them, slap, kick, bite, choke, um, or smother. And actually it's not choke, it's strangle. Um, because choking it would be something blocking your airway um, but you know when it comes to in physical abuse we actually refer to um, we actually refer to it as strangling so it's something that is really important to know and actually I'm glad I made that mistake in regards to saying that because a lot of victims say you know he choked me or she choked me but in reality is strangled so uh, Forbid or prevent you from eating or sleeping is also another form of physical abuse, using obviously weapons against um, that person, you know, including firearms, knives, bats, or mace, or anything that, you know, can physically hurt the other person intentionally. Um, also, if that person is preventing you from contacting emergency services, um, you know, that's including medical attention or law enforcement. If they are harming your children or pets, if they're driving recklessly or dangerously with you in the car, and that's something that a lot of people are not aware of that is actually considered physical abuse. So let's mm -hmm. say that you're wanting to get out of the car and they're not allowing you to, and they're driving recklessly, right? Um, that is a form of physical abuse. Also, if they're forcing you to use drugs or alcohol, especially if you have a history of substance abuse, uh, trapping you in your own home or not, or preventing you from leaving, right? Especially if you just, you're trying to leave that person or you're trying to leave for safety reasons, um, throwing any objects at you, preventing you from taking prescribed medication or denying you necessary medical treatments, also a form of physical abuse. And so when it comes to physical abuse, it can look very different. Um, it's really important to know that, you know, every single one of these is not okay and no one should ever experience that. Absolutely. Um, and thank you so much for just putting in context, right, the terms choking versus strangulation. I think that's just something that a lot of people may not be aware of, right, or kind of keep at the forefront of their mind. But it really is, it's interesting, right? It's, um, I think, important that we make that distinction as well. 
And so moving on the list here, our next type of abuse in domestic violence is emotional or verbal abuse. So kind of similar to physical violence, this really comprises anything done or said with intention to cause significant emotional distress, right? So maybe this isn't um, physically harming someone, but it's harming that person, again, using your words pretty much, right? Or your actions. And so this could mean a whole lot of different things when it comes to how we can really define this or what it can look like. So some of the most common examples can include calling you names, insulting you, or constantly criticizing you. Um, and especially if someone's kind of you know, saying over and over again that this is just a joke, right? That maybe, you know, you're just taking it too seriously, you're too emotional. Having that constant criticism, right? Backlash, being insulted, humiliated, or put down, yeah, it's going to have a really big impact on that person, right? Regardless of someone kind of says afterwards it was just a joke, we know that that can cause a lot of damage. So maybe this person is acting jealous or possessive or refusing to trust you, right? Kind of constantly questioning your actions, no matter how innocent they may be. Always maybe assuming that you're cheating, that you're flirting with someone else, that you're doing something kind of behind your back or you're just not trustworthy. Perhaps this is isolating you from family, friends, or other people in your life. And we know that isolation, a huge component of domestic violence, right? And so, yeah, what better way to kind of kind of get you alone, obviously, right? Physically get you alone, but also start to really kind of mess with your mind, right? If there's no one else there to say that, like, listen, the things that they say are not okay, or, you know, what this person's telling you is just not right or not true, then yeah, that isolation is really huge, right? Because a lot of this verbal, psychological, emotional abuse can really be amped up, right? If there's no one there to kind of step in. So this also could be monitoring your activities uh, with or without your knowledge. So including demanding to know where you go, who you contact, how you spend your time, or perhaps even maybe installing something right on your tech devices, on your phone, on your computer as a means to track you. Uh, and so we're actually, spoiler alert, we're going to have a full episode kind of discussing that in the next few weeks. So we encourage you to look out for that. Um, it should be by the end of October. So some more examples is perhaps attempting to control what you wear, um, so your clothes, your makeup, how you do your hair, right, as a form of control, maybe using um, humiliation or belittling you, right, in order to kind of make you make those changes. Gaslighting, also a huge component of emotional and verbal abuse. And uh, we mentioned this, I think, last episode. We did a really, really big episode on gaslighting. So if anyone's really curious to get the ins and outs of what that could look like, we encourage you to go back and check that out. Um, but quickly, it's just pretending to kind of not understand, right, this victim um, or questioning your recollection of facts, events, sources, kind of telling you that you are crazy, right, that maybe that never happened. This could also look like threatening you, your children, your family, or your pets, and that can be done with or without weapons, right? No matter what, someone that you love or someone that you feel like you can love and trust, if they start to threaten you or the well-being of people or pets that you really care about, yeah, we know that's going to cause huge psychological damage, right, and a lot of fear for that person. So also on the list, we have damaging your belongings. So maybe throwing your objects around, uh, maybe punching walls, kicking doors, destroying property to kind of put that fear in you, right? 
It could look like blaming you for their abusive behaviors. Um, we've kind of discussed this a few times, right? Minimizing the behavior, saying that you caused it. Um, things like, hey, listen, you know, I would never have hit you or got in your face like that if you didn't say that to me first or if you didn't give me that look, right? So really putting it back on that victim. Accusing of cheating or cheating themselves and blaming you for the actions. And that's kind of, you know, we can kind of define that as gaslighting a little bit, right? So kind of, again, questioning your reality, blaming you for things maybe you haven't done. Um, and if they get blamed for something, right, a way that they can put that blame right back onto that victim or survivor. And our last example we'll share out for emotional and verbal abuse is telling you that you're lucky to be with them or that you will never find someone better. So obviously really messing with this person's self-esteem, right? And kind of just bringing them down. Uh, perhaps this is coupled with some kind of abuse, right? Maybe physical abuse. And then telling them that, hey, that's all you deserve, right? Or, hey, you're never going to find anyone better than me. Good luck. So obviously that's going to have huge detriment to their psyche. Absolutely. And I think too, one thing that's really important to highlight is that when it comes to emotional abuse, obviously, this is something that may not be visible to others, right? And when people ask that question um, that I mentioned earlier, you know, why do they stay? Little do they know that a lot of times the abuser has used so many emotional tactics that the victim now believes what they have said, right? Or what they are saying to them. Like, you know, you don't deserve any better. No one's going to want you. Um, what are you going to do without me? You are so lucky to be with me, right? And so when someone starts believing those things, it makes it more difficult for them to leave. Um, and so I just think it's really important to know that this is why we spread awareness on domestic violence, because a lot of these things are not visible um, to someone's eye, right? Or it's, it's not in someone's sight. And so the only way of you knowing is by educating yourself and gaining the knowledge of how domestic violence may look and the different ways that abusers use these tactics to gain power and control over the victim. Absolutely. And I just kind of want to touch on that as well. I feel like I was watching a show on Netflix. I've been telling JC about it and it talks about specifically emotional abuse and how it's so hard for you to go to the police and tell them about all this abuse. It is abuse, but the police, I guess that show's based in Washington and this, there was some sort of proof. Um, there was really not much that they could do because they needed some, somebody either being a witness there or some sort of proof of them having, um, the abuse happening um and with emotional abuse it's really hard to just like you can't see it so it's kind of i mean you know that it happened but it's hard to see it so i think it's good to just tell everybody that it is some sort of abuse because she didn't even know that she was being abused at that moment she thought it was just because i'm not getting hit this is an abuse mm -hmm. so it was even it was even hard for her to understand that that was abuse what she was experiencing so if you ever go to netflix to watch the show made it's so good and then kind of going into the next uh, type of abuse, which is sexual abuse. Um, but before I give any, any examples, I kind of just want to talk about a misconception that many people think that, you know, if you're in a committed relationship or if you're married, that there is that you can't, you know, sexually assault your partner or rape them. It doesn't matter if you're married or not married. If the person does not want to, you know, do any sexual acts with you or anything like that, you know, that's the basis of this is con it's consent. If there is no consent, mm -hmm. then that is sexual assault and that is rape. Um, or Absolutely. if there's any sort of threat, coercion, or any sort of force for that partner to, you know, to engage in these sort of acts. Again, that is rape and that is sexual assault. Um, so let me give some examples of sexual abuse. So 
Um, some examples are insulting you in sexual ways or calling you explicit names, um, forcing or manipulating you into having sex or performing sexual acts, especially when you're sick, tired, or physically injured from their abuse. So even just wanting not to, you know, have sex, that some sort of manipulation over, you know, uh, you're going to do this to me. I'm, I just can't, I, I work, you know, at 40 hours a week and you're not going to have sex with me. You know, that's another way of manipulating a partner. Um, mm -hmm. Like JC was talking about strangulation, strangling you or restraining you during sex without your consent. And again, that word consent is very important. If that partner does not agree in these sort of sexual acts, then um, that is sexual assault and some and rape. Hold you down during sex without your consent. Hurt you with weapons or objects during sex. Involves other people in sexual activity against your will. Ignore your feelings regarding sex. Force you to watch or make pornography. Intentionally give you or attempts to give you a sexual transmitted disease. And I feel like a lot of these, these are different acts, right? But I feel like the, the common theme is consent. If you're not consenting to any of these things and you don't want to do them, again, that, that sexual assault and rape. Thank you, Miguel. I think that was all great and important information to know. We are going to move on to our next form of abuse. And so this form of abuse may look very different and it's actually one that's not commonly known, um, but it is financial abuse. And so financial abuse can look very different, but it's also a barrier for some victims on why they don't leave, right? Especially if they are dependent on their partner financially. Maybe they are married or maybe they just, they've been dating for a while um, or are boyfriend and girlfriend and have been depending on their partner for years to financially uh, take care of, of them just because maybe they're going to school or they're raising a family, right? It looks very different. So mm -hmm. here are some examples of how financial abuse can look. Um, it may be the abuser allowing the victim to have a certain amount of money every month and closely monitoring how they spend it, right? And making sure that they don't have too much money where they may be able to feel like they are able to leave them or save enough money to leave them or do something that they wanna do. Um, so for an example of that is possibly giving them $300, right? Knowing that they will spend you know, 200 to 250 on necessities and only have $50 left for the rest of the month. Um, or demanding them to have to have receipts for the purchases that they have made. That way they're able to monitor and control what they're spending their money on. Uh, depositing their paycheck into their account or into an account that they can access, right? Or spending all their money as well is something that is also seen. Uh, preventing them from working or limiting the hours that they can work. Uh, also monitoring or you know controlling where they can work, right? If it's at a place where you know they're uh, the opposite sex works or if they feel like it's a place that they don't feel comfortable with their partner working at you know for reasons of jealousy or just ac due to accusations they've made and so it's really important to kind of keep that in mind as well um, maybe maxing out their credit cards without permission um, you know or not paying credit card bills or otherwise harming their credit score is also something that we we've seen as well with victims uh, stealing money from them or their family or friends, withdrawing money from their children's savings account without permission if that's something that um, is there, you know, living in their home but refusing to work or contributing to the household. Um, so just, you know, it's kind of 
the opposite instead of you know having the victim financially depend on them they're financially depending on the victim and relying on them financially and abusing them in that way also forcing them to provide their tax returns um, or confiscating joint tax returns refusing to provide money for necessary or shared expenses like food clothing transportation medical care or medicine right like i'm not going to take care of that even if they have maybe children um you know together they may say well i'm just going to pay for this you can worry about that or you figure it out right and so um with financial abuse again it may look different and it may be depending on you know immigration status it may be depending on their relationship dynamic right um how long they've been together if they have children um so there's so many you know things that have to kind of Uh, we have to keep in mind that every situation is different but financial abuse does happen um and it is a form of abuse under domestic violence yeah and just going back to that kind of original definition right it's a pattern of behaviors to maintain power and control right we know how much power and control could be gained um, by making sure that that individual right that perpetrator is in charge of that money or their money right because hey you know that's there's already so many barriers to resources right so many challenges for individuals trying to get out of these relationships that yeah if they feel or if they do not have any of their own money or money in general yeah, what a huge barrier, right? What a huge means of control for that perpetrator to just maintain that power over them. And so the last types that we're going to cover today, and this is also uh, one that's not very commonly heard about, but the last type is spiritual abuse. So this is no less harmful or difficult to endure than any other kind of abuse, right? All of these forms of abuse, think about it in context. No, is there's not one that's better or worse than the other, right? If someone's having their power and control taken away, no matter how that may look, no matter what type of abuse that's being done with, um, it's all going to be extremely emotionally, psychologically, physically impactful for that individual, right? And so this can be really difficult to identify um, because, you know, like Miguel was mentioning earlier, you know, it's kind of it's easy to see the physical violence manifest. Right. Um, And he was referencing that that show made on Netflix, which I absolutely love. Um, They're doing such a good job with that show, really painting a realistic picture of what domestic violence can look like. Uh, And he even mentioned that the protagonist, the, the main character of the story, didn't herself recognize that she was in a domestic violence relationship because she said, well, I've never gotten hit. Right. And so, yeah, this is another one that could be really difficult to identify. Right. Speaking about spirituality and practicing that spirituality or religion for themselves. And so abusive partner may claim that any challenge to the abuse, right, is an assault on their own religious freedom. Uh, Spiritual abuse is not limited to a certain religion or denomination any person of any belief system is capable of perpetrating spiritual abuse just like anyone can be the victim of it and so some examples of this could include ridiculing or insulting the other person's religious or spiritual beliefs using that as a form and a means right to um, demean them preventing the other partner from practicing their religious or spiritual beliefs using their partner's religious or spiritual beliefs to manipulate or shame them. So yeah, perhaps they're using the religion's own texts, right? Or misinterpreting some religious doctrines or texts and saying, um, you know, that for what you're doing in your life, your own religion is shaming you, right? And just, again, another way to kind of put that person down um, and make them feel bad about themselves or like they're doing something wrong. 
Also, forcing the children to be raised in a faith that the other partner has not agreed to. Um, so maybe these two partners, yeah, share different religious backgrounds and now are forcing the children, the perpetrators forcing the children to partake in just one and the other partner just does not have a choice over that. Or using religious texts to uh, or beliefs to minimize or rationalize abusive behaviors so yeah again using those doctrines right to say maybe you know what I'm doing isn't wrong or what I'm doing is not abusive or you know under our religious guidelines you have pretty much no right you know to complain um, or to report any of this and so that could be a really big one right I think I know the spiritual and religious people in my life um, they're all obviously really really passionate right about practicing their religion and so although that may not seem like a big deal to some uh, some people may be saying like so what you know maybe they don't get to pray or do this but you know they're not getting hit or some other some other type of abuse right but it is just as impactful we can't stress that enough all these forms of abuse are just as impactful as the other um, and are going to cause significant harm to that person and again have that power control taken away and that's really how we define this so spiritual abuse is definitely a big one absolutely thank you lisa for highlighting that and yeah like i just want to echo that because i feel like with all the victims survivors that i have worked with um obviously domestic violence experience is also different right and they've mm -hmm. all experienced different forms of abuse but i think one thing that they all have um, in common is that every all those forms of abuse no matter which one it was that they experience has caused them to feel alone and has caused them to feel isolated and has caused them to feel hopeless like there is no one out there that can help them right and so like you mentioned it doesn't matter what form of abuse someone experiences um, it's still very hurtful and it's still very painful and so it's so important as a community member just as an individual to understand how complex it is with domestic violence and how much victims and survivors out there need our support right and really need yeah. us to be really good allies so with that being said uh, one last thing to mention is that although those five types of abuse are the ones we commonly list under the definition of domestic violence, there is also digital abuse as well as stalking. So we did an episode on stalking that we encourage you to check out if you would like to know more about what stalking can look like or how it's defined. And we will also be bringing in a special guest to help us recognize forms of digital abuse later in the month, as this is another powerful tool to control or take power away from a partner. So look out for that comprehensive episode later in October and I just want to say that when it comes to digital abuse it is so interesting and so scary as well to know how easy someone can gain you know control and power over someone digitally so definitely take a look at that episode um, we wanted to mention before we jump into our meditation for the day that we will have a variety of resources listed below so our listeners can follow up on any information they may be looking for after this episode today so if any listeners are out there that are experiencing domestic violence please know you are not alone and there are many forms of support out there for you and that's why we're here specifically for you so if you are in the Tahoe Alpine area, you can call us anytime on our 24-hour crisis line, which is 
1-800-273-4444 to talk to a trained advocate for support or you can use anonymous chat feature on our website which will be linked below um, just know that you don't have to give us any information you are not comfortable with we don't tell you what to do we are here to listen and to provide support and provide you with options if that's what you're looking for mm -hmm. um, and for our national or international listeners we will have hotlines listed that you can contact in your area for support as well and just lastly we will include informational resources to learn more or look deeper into the topic of domestic violence and abuse but for now let's finish the conversation with a nice meditation especially because of this topic we want to make sure that we are practicing self-care so i know miguel has a amazing meditation planned out for us okay <clears throat> that was a little heavy so it's good for a little meditation moment so if you feel comfortable you know just closing your eyes uh taking a deep breath in exhaling one more deep breath in and an exhale so just think about a moment where you felt happy and if you if you may not think of a moment right now you can think about a future moment that you feel that happiness it doesn't matter where you go as long as you focus on what you're feeling so in that moment you know just look around what are you seeing are you on a lake do you see trees? Is there a nice breeze? Can you smell? What does that smell smell like? What are you doing in that moment? And really being present with that feeling of happiness. Just being in the moment. What are you hearing anything? Is there any birds chirping? What's going through your mind in that moment of happiness? And just really be there and just focus on that, that feeling, that anchored feeling of happiness in that place, your special place, that place that you call safe, where there is no negative thoughts. All there is is positivity embracement and courage that we're able to be in this special place with no judgment. And just really be in that moment, in that place. And then just take a couple of deep breaths in. And remember that this is the place. This is your safe place. This is a place that you can come and visit whenever you feel stressed, whenever you feel like you need a break. Remember that you have a place that you can go in your mind. And then take a deep breath in, exhale, inhale, exhale. And whenever you feel ready, just come back from that place.
Thank you so much for that, Miguel. That was so nice. I am definitely very relaxed now, so I appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners out there appreciate it as well. And so before we round out today's episode, I just want to say a big thank you to all the listeners out there for joining us. Like JC was saying, you know, it's it's just so important, right? Knowing that there's so many complexities to domestic violence, knowing there's so many ways these relationships can look like and sound like, how they can be played out. Um, and for us to really want to come together in solidarity, right, as a community um, and to be allies and to show our support for individuals who are facing domestic violence, it is so important that we are aware, right, and that we have accurate information that we really know what these issues look and sound like, right? And so we're going to have, you know, some really um, intensive episodes throughout the month, right, really kind of diving in further, kind of picking apart domestic violence um, and taking a look from various sides of this issue. And so we encourage you to definitely um, check out our later episodes throughout the month. We'll have a lot more information on this. Definitely take a look at our resources below. We're going to have so many things listed um, for anyone out there that wants more information or support. But in the meantime, we just want to give a big thank you to those listening, and we hope you will join us for our next conversation.